helping men to live their Catholic faith boldly. This is Men of Christ Radio on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Powerful and inspiring conversations with Catholic speakers and leaders about your family, your parish, your nation, your world, and what you, as a man of Christ, can do about it. Oh, hello, and welcome to Men of Christ Radio. My name is Brian Farley, once again, your humble host, and thrilled to be here. Our mission here is to evangelize, catechize, and unify men. That's the Men of Christ mission, and this radio show is just an extension of that mission. We do that by talking with some of the experts and the the teachers, uh, the speakers that we have at our conferences and our workshops. A lot of guys can't get to those, so this is another way that we can get the, the word out to you that... You need to hear life-changing stuff, and that's especially true today. We have critically important content for you, but I have to tell you, it's also difficult content. In fact, those of you with small kids or young kids, you might want to listen to this first before sharing it with your kids via the podcast, which is an option here on WSFI Radio, an excellent option. But on Men of Christ Radio, sometimes we get into areas that are not appropriate for younger listeners because it is men of Christ. And this is one of those times. Today we're going to be talking about pornography and porn addiction, which is sadly a huge epidemic in our society And our guest, Bruce Hahnemann, is going to talk about that in great detail. And I'll share more about Bruce in a second. But some people might be wondering, why talk about this? Is this appropriate? Well, yes, it is. It's it's a real problem these days, and it's one that's highly relevant to people in their, their earthly lives and the management of their personal performance at work, certainly their marriages, their normal relationships, and also very, very relevant to your spiritual salvation. Pornography destroys lives and it destroys souls. Christ speaks to this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 28 through 30, if you're following along. But when he says, I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust and has, has already committed adultery with her in his heart, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. This is very relevant to what we're talking about today. And that's a very tall order that Christ puts before us. So I would ask that before you do all that, please listen to this show because there are alternatives. This is something that can be beaten with your your faith in God and through knowledge of some of the scientific reality behind porn addiction, this can be overcome. Our guest is Bruce Hahnemann. He's spoken at our Men of Christ conference a couple of times. Bruce is an author, he's a public speaker, he's a college science professor, and he's co-founder of an organization called Reclaim Sexual Health. It's a science-based Catholic online recovery program for people dealing with pornography addiction and other unhealthy sexual behaviors. So they, they integrate theology of the body and brain science into this fantastic program that offers abundant resources for everyone, whether you're experiencing an addiction yourself or you know people who are or your children or your spouse or whomever. Very, very helpful. And I'll give the website right now, ReclaimSexualHealth.com, and we'll give that out several times throughout the show. Very, very helpful resource. So with that, we'll start things off properly with a prayer, and then we'll get to Bruce. So if you'll pray with me, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Mary, my Queen, my Mother, 
I give myself entirely to you, and to show my devotion to you, I consecrate to you this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Wherefore, good mother, as I am thine own, keep me and guard me as thy property and possession. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. We're ready. We're armed. We're dangerous. We're going to talk to Bruce Hahnemann of ReclaimSexualHealth.com. Right after this, do not go away. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Hi, this is Mike McCoy. I went to the University of Notre Dame, played 11 years in the NFL. And why is Catholic Radio relevant for the Chicago area? Well, I think it's relevant all over the country because of what's going on in our culture today. I see it all the time as I go into Catholic schools. A lot of pressure on our young people. You know, what's the truth? What's what's not the truth? What's the absolute truth? So hopefully by coming into this social media radio, we'll get some positive things out there so people can listen to. So that's why I think it's relevant because our culture is overwhelming us today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello, I'm Joe Scheidler, host of Pro-Life Today on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. It's a half-hour conversation with leaders in the pro-life movement committed to protecting the most vulnerable among us. That's every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Or listen anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. That's Pro-Life Today, every Monday at 3.30 p.m. only on WSFI Catholic Radio. All right, we're back on Men of Christ Radio, and we are here with Bruce Hahnemann of Reclaim Sexual Health. And Bruce, we'll just jump right in. This is, as I said in the intro, kind of a a difficult topic, but it has to be discussed. So can you give me kind of a general idea when we talk about pornography, what what is pornography? Brian, pornography uh, consists of a lot of things nowadays that weren't available in the past. So it's no longer just print-based, it's no longer even video-based. What's happened nowadays is it's also interactive because of the new technologies that are out there. But basically, it has anything at all to do with misrepresenting the sexual relationship, objectification of women, concentrating on sex as a recreation or as a display rather than as the procreative and unitive events that the Catholic Church teaches it is for husband and wife. You can kind of roll those all together. There's a real short, like a paragraph, definition of pornography that actually is in the catechism of the Catholic Church, and I don't have chapter number in front of me right now, so I can't read it to you. But anybody who really wants to hear what the Church says about it can can just go right there. Basically what it is, it's removing sexuality from the privacy of a husband and a wife. That's a good definition, probably one of the best ones I've heard, because all I ever get is, I don't know what it is, but I know what it is when I see it, that kind of thing, which isn't all that helpful. Okay, so we're in a culture that would say to all that, meh, 
What's the problem? Isn't this just another form of entertainment? Why is this a big deal? Well, the reason it's not just another form of entertainment is that it is also involving the chemical systems that were in your brain. In fact, the God-given chemical systems that we have in our brain. God told Adam and Eve, go forth and multiply, gave them the procreation command. He also designed our brain in such a beautiful way that we're able to have the desire to have a, a relationship, physical relationship, an intimate relationship with our spouse. We are rewarded for that with some pleasure, with some, some chemistry that allows us to forget the cares of the day. All of this is all God-given. Sexuality is God-given, and that's where we kind of have taken it, and it's been hijacked by Satan and, and into something that's totally different. But getting back to the question, what's wrong with it, is that that hijacked chemistry will eventually turn destructive. It will eventually cause the person who's been playing around with it or looking at it to see the opposite sex as only objects, as sexual parts, as sexual objects for manipulation, for fantasy. It removes all of the reality of a relationship between a husband and wife, between two people of the opposite sex. And at the same time, it now creates a chemical dependency and eventually a compulsion and possibly even an addiction to the chemistry of using the fantasies that come up from using pornography to take a person through to masturbation. And at that point, the pleasure system really kicks in. It's like if you start drinking beer and then you drink alcohol after that because beer isn't enough. There is a progression with this use of pornography that it's a slippery slope once you start. And if your brain, some people can take it or leave it and it doesn't have that effect on them, but most people will be literally drawn into it, magnetically drawn into the pull of this higher dosage, because you do get a higher dosage of these reward chemicals for at initially for masturbation and for pornography than you even do from a relationship with a, with a, with a human partner, with your wife. And, and that's why it's so dangerous, because once you start on the slope, it, it's downhill from there. It can eventually, at some point in time, it's going to lead to possibly illegal acts. It's definitely going to lead to adultery of one kind or another and against your spouse. Now, the adultery, I'm saying it could be physical adultery. You could actually go out and have affairs, or you could just be doing all this stuff in your mind. Either way, you're still being unfaithful to your, talking to men, you're unfaithful to your bride. And if you are not married, this will give you a, a wrong perspective and a wrong chemistry leading into the choice of a marriage partner and being able to fulfill and consummate the marriage once you get to that point. So that's very interesting that, as you said, response to it, the chemical response to it is even even more powerful than sometimes in a, just a, a normal relationship or a you know, normal sexual interaction. So that would, I guess, lead to how it becomes addictive. It's like a, a, an act and, and reward system, Pavlovian kind of situation. Okay, that's right. And I, while we're on this and we're talking, I'm sure some of the people listening are fathers. What's important to this when as our young sons grow up is that it's actually become a cultural thing now. I, I was talking to a priest who has a Catholic high school and he was telling me how proud he was of the fact that the boys seem to be more interested in their sports now than they are interested in dating and in girls. And in fact, that's actually a sad situation because what's happened is these young people have grown up with the pornography. They've grown up with this reward system being rewarded by fantasy and masturbation. And they have been so overtaken by that that they are no longer impressed with the possibility of a relationship with a real live girl, of starting to date girls and starting to look for, 
for people that could eventually become a spouse. And so that system is being hijacked at an earlier and earlier age as this goes on. That's actually very scary. I have never heard that before. And that's, yeah, you think at first, oh boy, these boys are really focused and on the right track. But wow, okay. Well, then that, I wanted to ask, how prevalent is porn addiction and and who does it affect most men or women what age groups the demographics of this of this issue well the first thing i want to do is i want to point out in the demographics the profile if if you could talk to an fbi profile and get a profile of a person who commits a, pr- a particular pr- crime or whatever well our therapists and the people the professionals that are in charge of developing our brain training program our reclaim program They've taken 30 years worth of research and development and and comparing notes and looking at psychology and looking at profiles of their patients and all this kind of stuff, and they condensed it down to three things. The typical profile of someone who's most likely to struggle with electronic and internet pornography is a person who is, number one, very intelligent, number two, they're very sensitive, and number three, they're very spiritual people. And now doesn't that fit most of the profiles of the people we know? So it's no surprise, especially within the Christian community, and it would be no different for Catholics than it is for Methodists, Baptists, whatever. Christian community, we have have survey results, and again, these are survey results from people that are willing to talk about something that is so so shameful and that they don't want to talk about it, but when they willingly talk about it, we are anywhere between 50 and 70%, depending on whose surveys you read of Christian men that are struggling with pornography in their lives. That's a big chunk of humanity. Wow. And that, and, and that's and that's just the Christian community or all men? That's just the Christian community. If you wanted to take a look worldwide, even looking at, let's say, they've done studies with high school on high school seniors. They found out that by the time they're seniors, 86% of the high school seniors, at least in the study that was done, use porn on a regular basis, not even that they that they just have seen it, but that they use it on a regular basis. They've done studies with college students. College students, it is so close to 100%. It's, it's, like, it's like we're running episodes of Friends, that old TV show, like we're running those episodes in our mind and in our head 24-7 you know, amongst all these people in college. And since you asked, what about, or is there a gender thing with this? The rising tide of women being caught up in this is is what's really very scary because it, it used to be thought of as a men's issue. Yeah, this is men. This is what men do. Actually, right now, for example, in the workplace, 20%, basically one in five men are using Internet pornography at work during the nine to five workday. So this becomes a real productivity issue for those of you who are managers and, and have the bottom line of your company as your responsibility. And as far as what goes with women, right now, one in roughly between one in six and one in eight women are also using chat rooms, sexual chat rooms, and pornography viewing during the nine to five workday while they are at work. So it's fast escalating as a woman's issue as well. That's shocking because of women and then at work. I mean, the risk is huge aside from the whole moral issue is that people would put themselves and their careers and their social respectability at such risk. I guess that also speaks to the whole addiction aspect of this, that you're kind of willing to lose it all for this, this thing. Exactly. Not only are you willing, you're willing to lose it all, but it's all already happening at a subconscious level. When by the time people get to the point where they're doing this, they no longer are, are even using the, the clear judgment 
of what we call the frontal cortex, the part of your brain that is the overseer, the CEO, making all your moral and judgmental, judgmental and, and moral decisions. So you've kind of taken that all offline. And so one of the parts of a, of a addiction as far as definition, as you just uh, quoted, is the idea that you're willing to take unnecessary risks. That's also part of the pleasure system again. There is a higher and higher pleasure when you take more and more risk while you are participating in the use of pornography. And I'm sure it doesn't help that we have largely a culture that kind of does a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, this is naughty but fun kind of attitude to it. It, it diminishes the, the real destructiveness of it and makes it just kind of cute and playful and something, oh, I can, I can quit anytime I want kind of thing. And I think that probably leads a lot of people down the wrong path as well. Like it's no big deal. That's right. It does lead people down the wrong path. And, and again, because the workplace is many times is more both genders now at workplaces rather than it isn't just the guys in the machine shop anymore or the nurses in a nurse's station all being women. It's, it's, it's now the co-educational workplace is making these winks and these gestures and these jokes happen even between men and women. And that's what really starts to stir the pot when it comes to furthering the misuse of our sexuality. An irony here, uh, I find, is there's so many more rules and regulations around sexual behavior between colleagues. For instance, where I work, we have to do special training to make sure we're not harassing people and to make sure we're saying the right things and we're doing the right things and nobody's offended by anything. And yet you see this apparently meteoric rise in people using porn at work. It's a, a kind of a twisted paradox there. It's extremely twisted because our society has, has made a split. They have, they have gone to a situational morality, if, if, if you want to look at it that way. Joking around about sexuality and showing people things they found on websites and stuff like that, that, that's the part of what we call sexual harassment that people don't take seriously. They think, oh, if I make a comment about someone's body or if I talk to them with impure jokes and things like that, that's harassment. But they don't think about the stuff that they're sitting and doing in their own cubicle or they don't think about what they're showing each other at their workstation computers and stuff like that. That People are able to kind of separate this and split this off in their minds and into different directions. Just like showing showing somebody something on Facebook, hey, check this out. And it's no different than, hey, here's, here was the, the catch of the week in the, in the National Baseball League or something like that. It's, it's just like commonplace. Everybody is just doing this commonly, and that's what's so dangerous. I guess insidious might be the word. It's just kind of there, and nobody thinks it's that as dangerous as it actually is. And so right. I guess this, this is probably kind of an obvious question, but obviously, as you just said, it is more prevalent, much more so now than it used to be. Is it all because of the Internet? I mean, is that the main driver? I suppose it is. Well, not really. Anybody that drives the highways, especially like in Wisconsin, Interstate 41, you get down into Chicago and you start, especially when you go through on the tollway and you're going through the district around O'Hare and stuff like that, you see all the billboards that are advertising these gentlemen's clubs. We've coined all these phrases for our misdeeds and our sexuality, making them natural. Oh, yeah, I would want to go to a gentleman's club because I want to be a gentleman, right? Or adult entertainment or adult yeah. bookstore, you know, there's all these these businesses that are prop, that are propagated by this whole thing, and it's those support industries that are also economically driving this this pornography factor deeper and deeper. Because frankly, ninety percent or better of 
the people that use pornography online aren't paying a dime for it. There's so much free stuff out there available. People can fuel the fire, but it's like the guy who stands on this downtown street corner and he's giving people little samples of cocaine because he knows that when yeah. they use it, they're going to want to come back and buy one from him because they liked it and they enjoyed it, and now their body's starting to crave it. It's an industry, and they're feeding free stuff out there to get you hooked, and then, then they get you on the paid stuff, that kind of strategy. Is that the idea? That's exactly what the strategy is, and, and that's one of the things that I find that will start to work with our young people. Again, talking sons, grandsons, nephews, those kinds of things. When young people stopped being slaves to the tobacco industry, stopped being, it wasn't when we had the ads out there that said, this is, this is a lung of a smoker, and then they show tombstones and, and lungs of cancer and stuff like that. When they were scaring kids, kids just did it all the more because fear is one of the factors that drives up their need for exploration and for discovery yeah. and for using their pleasure system. Same thing with pornography. If we put out there telling people the truth about pornography, what it's doing to their brains and what it's doing to their wallets once they get hooked on it, they'll do the same thing they did with cigarettes. When they stopped use of tobacco was when they found out the tobacco industry was making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars off of a habit that they created, that they hooked these kids on. That's when kids said, no, I'm not going to give you my wallet. I believe they'll do the same thing with pornography if they understand what's happening to their body physically and they understand what's happening to their wallet. And that's probably the best way to hit them beyond the moral issues. Because you can moralize forever and ever and ever and it, that doesn't always do the job if someone is hooked on something because their moral judgment centers are already impaired. And, and I would think, and, and I don't know, maybe it wouldn't be that effective these days because of all the gender fluidity nonsense we're dealing with, but the idea that this stuff erodes for men, it erodes your manhood, for women it erodes your femininity, that I would think would be a compelling argument for why not to do this. I guess people want proof. We're in the science age. And in a little bit here, we're going to talk about what you guys are doing along those lines. But as far as another message that I would think would help prohibit people is, yeah, this, what this does to your, your manhood or your femininity based on whether you're a man or a woman. It's very destructive to those things. It is. In fact, that there are some studies out about that now. The United States hasn't participated in any of those yet. But again, some of the European countries and whatever... And, and what we found out statistically, and this part is starting to be documented everywhere by, by urologists and stuff like that, there are more young people right now that are using enhancement drugs, they're using Viagra and stuff like that, way more than there should be because of physiological disorders. And we have even high school kids that are begging their physicians for a prescription for Viagra. Really? They're finding out that now even pornography is not stimulating them enough to be able to self-stimulate. And so as we see this happening in their bodies, they're starting to catch on. Somebody that, there, there was an individual who he put a, a posting on, out on Reddit. He started a group called No FAP, F-A-P, and FAP is a slang term for self-pleasuring. Okay. And what he did was he put out a petition and basically told men, he said, this is ruining your masculinity, guys. Sign this pledge that you will not self-pleasure. That, that you're going to give that up. And he is well over 200,000 signatures on that petition now, just less than three years after he posted that stuff on Reddit and got it started. Just in the month of April, in fact, Time Magazine, their cover issue of Time Magazine, has it has the big words in red, porn, on the front of it. It was, I think, yeah. the, the 
the April 11th weekly edition, I think, is the one I'm trying to think in my head. Okay. And inside, the entire article is devoted to young people that have given up the idea of using pornography because they realize it is ruining their ability for masculinity. Now, they're not looking at it from the Christian perspective or from the Catholic theological perspective. Theology of the body isn't mentioned. What's mentioned is strictly physiological. And so this is another way, actually, that we can evangelize. Because right. if, you can hit, if you can hit somebody with that and they and you can make a compelling argument to them that this is wrong, then they're going to go back and say, oh, that's why the Catholic Catechism says this about masturbation and all these different kinds of things. It's not just a bunch of prudes running around trying to spoil our fun. There's some real right. wisdom. That's, that's very encouraging. You're right. If the, the secular world, through its own devices, comes to the same conclusion, then yeah, it's powerful validation of the Catholic teaching, like you said, which is... It is certainly a great evangelization uh, launching point. So, very, very interesting. All right, well, we're going to have to take a break right now, folks, but we will be right back with Bruce Hunneman of Reclaim Sexual Health, and we're going to ask more about his program and is this curable? Can you do anything about all this? So, stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. And it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Looking at term life insurance? Consider life insurance from Catholic Financial Life and see how we put Catholic values in action. To learn more, call Matt Tomlinson at 847-548-MATT. 847-548-6288. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit wsfiradio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Are you enjoying this WSFI local program and want to share it with others? Visit wsficatholicradio.org and click on Listen, Then Programming. That's WSFI Catholic Radio, Listen, Then Programming. Okay, we're back on Men of Christ Radio. My name is Brian Farley. We're talking to Bruce Hahnemann of Reclaim Sexual Health, talking about pornography addiction, a sad truth in our society and really, truly an epidemic, as Bruce has been telling us some of the really horrific stats around this for men and for women and young people sadly as well what bruce has founded along with his wife Jeannie, is a, an organization called reclaim sexual health it's a science-based catholic online recovery program that offers a number of sources 
resources to help people with pornography addiction and other unhealthy sexual behaviors. So Bruce, that's very good news after all we've been talking about. It's very good news to know that this is perhaps something that can be overcome. It is curable. That's exactly right, Brian and, and everyone who's listening. This is this is not something that someone is condemned to. When I first went through some of my early attempts at recovery, and that was before uh, this brain science material was out, I, I was told, and, and this is what the foundation of, of addiction was in the past, the idea that once an addict, always an addict, you are always going to be uh, struggling with this. And at that point, I was looking at this quite hopelessly, thinking, boy, I'm really stuck. This is an addiction, and I'm always going to be an addict. And there is a truth that if you are easily swayed or you're easily drawn into something and you misuse it, you can become addicted to it. But it's no different than at this point in time, if you pursue healing and, and you do it in the right way, it's no different than you could break your right leg in whatever fashion and you don't go around the rest of your life saying, oh, I'm a recovering broken right legger. What you do is your, right. the, your physician and, and your physical therapy heal you, and you don't identify with that anymore. Now, could you fall and break your left leg at some point in time or do something and re-break the right leg? Sure. And we have this thing Catholics understand and believe, concupiscence. Adam and Eve left the presence of evil in the world. There will always be temptations. We will always be sexual beings. But we do not have to give in to them. And what we do with our program is we teach people how to be able to not have to keep that thing in the forefront of their mind, concentrating on it every 24 hours a day. How am I going to avoid this? How am I going to avoid this? Okay, so it makes, makes it a more integrated approach, I guess, to carry on with your regular life and then also be working on overcoming this and recovery. That's what it's all about. Because I imagine... Obviously, one of the biggest obstacles is just shame. Most people, you don't want to talk about this. You don't want to admit this. You don't want to confront this because it's still, which is another one of those ironies, it's still considered shameful and laughable, and yet it's so prevalent. It's, it's sort of this white elephant thing where a lot of people are involved in this one way or another, but nobody's talking about it in that regard. As you find that, is that an obstacle in some of your work in helping people, reaching out to them and, and, and starting the recovery process? It's an obstacle basically to almost everybody that we work with. And it was my story at the beginning also. Shame was, was one of the biggest factors in this. Who are you going to talk to about this? Are you going to talk to your coworker? Or we've got the Sacrament of Reconciliation within, within the Catholic faith, which is wonderful. But are you going to go to your parish priest after you've been, like in my case, a lector, communion distributor, adult ed teacher, committee person, all the things I did in our parish where I had to work even one-on-one -on -one with the priest. Now I'm going to go to him and say, oh, by the way, Father, when I'm in the confessional, by the way, I, I use porn and masturbate. No, it's not going to happen that way. People are too ashamed, and I was too ashamed to come forward and admit that. Right. Well, so that brings up a couple questions. One is, I'll jump ahead here. How did you get into this ministry then, through your own experience? But how did this develop? The reason it developed for me is that basically I had tried everything I could find. I used books. I used things I found online. I used, I went even into an in-house treatment center for sexual addiction. I, I tried all these things and I never really, it, it never made the full, all the pieces of the puzzle fit for me. I never had a full recovery from it. There was always these chances where I would start backsliding and get, I never felt comfortable with just putting it aside and going on with a normal, healthy 
sexual life, a normal, healthy married life. Right. And I got to the point eventually where I was literally as dumb as a box of rocks. I was having very, very much difficulty teaching my college chemistry job. I was having a, a withdrawal from my family. I didn't want to be involved in family events. I didn't have any friends anymore. I was just kind of isolating yeah. because I was stuck in, in this shame and in this other world. And that's what this does to people. I mean, that, that's, that's sad, but I just, it just reduces the, the scope of your life, shrinks because of shame, basically. Exactly. You wind up thinking only about yourself and also thinking that you're the only one in the world that could be this horrible and terrible and be caught up in this stuff. So That is something where I would think affects guys as well and brings in the interesting aspect of Catholic faith into this. We're taught there is no sin that God will not forgive. But I imagine this can get to a point where you believe, well, you can't forgive this. I mean, I'm just, I'm just too bad for redemption here. And despair, basically, would be, a, I think, a common thing and also an obstacle to recovery. Well, the interesting, the interesting thing about that, Brian, is the first time around, you go ahead and you, you probably dance around the issue. You maybe don't lay it all out for the priest word by word in the sacrament reconciliation, but you, you say enough stuff to the, that when you get the absolution, you kind of feel comfortable with, okay, that's off my shoulders. I'm, but when you mm-hmm. fall back into it, when, when, when Father gives you your absolution and then he gives you your penance to do, you think, oh, I'm good. I'm all good. You walk out of there with this self-confidence, which really is a false self-confidence because you, you, you think you just shot the beast and you're done. And it won't work mm-hmm. that way because... Next time you go to confession, you're going to be back in there confessing the same sins again, if you're honest. And you may be a little bit more specific the next time. And then that's when the, when the shame, the despair, and the, and the lack of faith in God starts to come in. Because you say, I did everything Father told me to do, and I'm back again. And then and when you start that trail, that's when you lose all hope. And that's where I was at. I was going to confessions frequently, and I was coming back frequently, and it was the same conversation every time. And, by the way, it was a different priest every time, because the other thing you do is you couldn't possibly face the same priest a couple times in a row with the same sin. If it was that horrible and shocking the first time, you don't want to admit that you're still stuck in it. Totally understandable, very sad, but in reality, the priest is there in persona Christi, so it, it shouldn't matter, and it doesn't from his perspective, that you or I or anybody's confessing the same sin over and over again, but from the perspective of the sinner, that, that's, that's very, very difficult to overcome, is that sense of shame and embarrassment. And that's what's, I think, so tragic about this whole issue, is it's, it's so rife with the shame and the embarrassment, and it makes it hard to directly attack. So I kind of got off there. Your program does directly attack, for lack of a better word, or address this issue. How does it work for somebody who's, who's got a, a very serious problems or even minor problems? How does your program work? Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to make one really important clarifying statement at the beginning also. My wife and I are founders of Reclaim Sexual Health, which is the Catholic version of this brain science and brain training program for recovery. But a lot of people look at us and say, well, who are they? they do they have expertise in all this psychology and addiction recovery and whatever? No. This program first came online as a secular program that I mentioned earlier in this interview today was developed by psychologists, therapists, educational trainers, and also technology people, people that can bring online education in, into the Internet. And these guys had over 30 years of experience in what they were doing. They brought it online as a secular program, and how it affected me was 
we found out about that program after we had kind of searched through everything and tried everything and didn't get anywhere. And then my wife found this online brain training program for recovery from pornography. And we signed up for it. I didn't know at the time, but actually they were so new that I was the third enrollee in that program when they first came All online. Right. By seeing how well this system worked with Catholic faith, we had an opportunity to talk with Bishop Ricken at one point uh, after we were starting this. He didn't know our story, but when we told him, and my wife told him more, shared more about our story, and then we told him about this brain training, he actually had his, his staff check it out, and he said, same thing we did. There is nothing in this program, secular program, that would conflict with Catholic teaching, so why don't we recommend it to people that are looking for something to help them with this besides what you're doing in your ministry? And so we were writing all these Catholic programs and, and Catholic information, collecting it from experts and putting it as adjunct material that people could use. And then we had the opportunity through a long story to get to the company itself. And when we met with them and they saw what we were doing with it, they said, we will reskin this program at our cost. We will reskin this program with your Catholic materials. And we will now have a stand-aside program called, and you call it what you want, we wound up calling this Reclaim Sexual Health. And then we got a big team of experts together in, in theology and in Catholic teaching, and we put them to work. And we actually now, there was the secular program, it was a for-profit corporation, and then there was the Reclaim Sexual Health, the Catholic version run by us, a nonprofit apostolate. And they became two stand standalone programs with basically the same mission as far as what we do with the brain, but we have so much more stuff to offer because we have the church teaching about what happens in the brain, why you do it, what are faith practices, what, what, why do we do novenas, and, and what, does, what can the rosary do for you, and, and why do we study the lives of the saints, and we start piecing all that together. What is theology of the body? What does the church teach about human sexuality? And we, we just got a dynamite program. We've got something that just by leaps and bounds is being accepted by the by the world, although we do need to get more information out to the world so they know that this is a resource that's available to them. But we even have, we've even had people that, even though it's a totally anonymous program, we've had people seek us out and contact us and tell us their stories, their recovery stories, their success stories. We're even excited about the fact that we know, we know for sure right now of two vocations that came out of people that went through this program after oh, they had wow. been sinners and struggled with this, they have gone and enrolled in vocations programs. One's going to be a priest, one's going to be a, a, an ordained, an ordained a consecrated sister. That's incredible. And, I, the, and the power of this unity of a secular program, secular scientific program, which typically these days anyway is always pitted against faith, that these two have come together and that they see the value of what you're doing, the faith-based aspect of this, and obviously you guys are able to benefit from the, the science-based aspect of it, marry the two, and come up with a really powerful program. And then that, that's just something you don't hear about a lot these days, and it's the proof is in the pudding. And then also that then now you're getting vocations out of that, because I have to imagine this is an extremely powerful experience So for, for anybody who goes through it, and, and the redemption aspect of it, very, very powerful, very, very real, undeniable. There's been stories, I guess, famous Catholic commentator Michael Voris recently had to reveal considerable aspects of some of his sexual past. And the, the power of that repentance has made him, obviously, a very strong advocate of the, the, the Catholic faith. And it's backed up by personal experience, for better or for worse. Many of our best saints came from 
very horrific backgrounds, whether sexual or, or other, to become some of the most ardent saints. And so I guess I'm trying to say that it looks like you guys are, have created a vehicle to facilitate that, that conversion process and that, that, that redemption which is fantastic. I mean, very, very powerful. Is it easy for people to get involved? I mean, do they just go online to, to your, your website and, and ask for help, or how, how do you get involved? Well, initially they can go to reclaimsexualhealth.com. That is the website. They will see a homepage there, and then they have a whole variety of different menu items and things they can select. If they just want to learn a little bit more about what's going on here, there are some segments that they can tap open and and check out some some videos and some some training about what's going on, what the process is, what it's what it's causing in their brain and in their mind. And and there's stuff on there for spouses. If their spouse is the one that's struggling and they want to know understand a little bit more about it, there's segments on there for parents if they're worried about what's going on with their kids. And by the way, we have a resource out right now a booklet that's available on our website that parents can purchase how to have the discussion with their kids about the situation and what they can do to help their kids either prevent it or to help heal from that if they are, are starting to find some problems with it. There's resources on there for clergy to better understand so that when they step into the confessional and somebody talks to them, they can give them a little bit more of the advice along with the science because a, a guy will always, almost always listen to science just like they listen to baseball scores and stuff like that. It's, it's, different right. than ta- it's different than saying thou shalt not. That's the thing that really makes this, it's exciting because right. it's approachable. It's approachable by most men. But then if they choose, if they want to go through the training program, then there is a, a sign-up page that they can be taken to. Click a button and they can sign up for the program. And in that program, they'll then have to give some some information, and they'll have to give some payment information to our third-party billing company because this is all anonymous. They will give credit card information or whatever to a, to a billing company. They will be automatically directed through to the registration for the program. Then they get to choose an, a screen name that they pick, and they get to make whatever they want to use for an email address so that that billing company can keep in touch with them. And then, then they're on their way. Then they can sequentially go through the program anonymously, step by step, and it is sequenced. The first time that they go through any training module, they must do it in sequence, and there are certain exercises that they have to do along with it. This is not this is not just information. This is information and practice. Information and practice. It's like taking Good. lessons to do anything else. You have right. to you learn something, and then you have to practice it for a, per, a given period of time, and then you learn something else, and then you practice it for a given period of time, and then some of the things you keep reviewing all the while that you're in this program, and by the end, what you what the desire is is that the portion of our brain that is automatic pilot, the one that automatically, when you had a bad day at work, takes you to sitting down at porn to look at porn for a while, just to kind of because I need to unwind and diffuse. Mm-hmm. We want instead for you to unwind and diffuse and holy, happy, healthy behaviors. And you will, your brain will go to that as the default mechanism. Catholic man, Catholic family man, Catholic spouse, that will be your default after you go through this training. Excellent. So the interactive aspect makes it a more ingrained into your, into your actual life. Now, you mentioned talking to kids about this, and that was something I wanted to talk to you about. We have to take another quick break. We'll have a couple minutes on the other end, but I wanted to ask you a little bit more about how parents can address this with kids when and how, and obviously a very difficult conversation. So we'll be right back with Bruce Hahnemann of Reclaim Sexual Health on Man of Christ Radio right after these messages. 
Hello, I'm David Delighton from the Center for Medical Progress with the Planned Parenthood videos. Catholic Radio is so important to the pro-life movement because it's our Catholic faith that teaches us about the true value and dignity of the human person and the inestimable worth of every single beautiful child of God. And that's a message that all of us need to hear and need to continue to pay attention to and be inspired by every day of our lives and work. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Did you know you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio online? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. That's WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. WSFI is on social media. Follow us on Twitter at WSFIFM and like us on Facebook by searching for WSFI Catholic Radio. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. All right, we're back on Men of Christ Radio on WSFI-FM Catholic Radio 88.5, and we're talking with Bruce Hunneman of Reclaim Sexual Health, talking about pornography addiction and overcoming it. Yes, it can be done, and Bruce and his organization are doing great, great work incorporating Catholic faith with science, chemistry, biology, all the sciences, into helping people to overcome this really, really prevalent and horrific addiction that men and many women and of all ages are experiencing these days for all kinds of reasons. And in the end, it's actually very, very sad that it's, it's so prevalent because it's something a lot of people don't want to talk about. It's awkward. It's strange. We minimize it. We make a joke out of it. When in reality, it's destroying lives, families, marriages, souls. Very difficult topic, but I'm thrilled to have Bruce on with us and so glad we're able to get word out about this to as many folks as possible. So Bruce, you mentioned before the break that on your website, reclaimsexualhealth.com, there are resources for people in various situations. One that I think will be most among the many uh, be relevant to our audience is parents. If you are worried about your kids, which we all are, either being involved with this or getting involved with this preemptively or interventionally, uh, how do you talk to your kids about this kind of thing? And, and what age do you start talking to them about this kind of thing? The earlier that we can start the conversation with kids, the better. There actually are therapists that have, within our team framework and whatever, that have talked to us about four and five-year-olds that are now compulsively searching on their smartphones or on the uh -huh. internet for for pictures and, and stories and stuff like that. So there is no age that where you start, where you start is right in the home, creating an atmosphere 
of respect and understanding for sexuality, for relationships. Young kids don't need a lot of terminology, but they need a lot of guidance in terms of understanding the roles of male and female, understanding the rules of boundary lines and things like that. We are working on great, our, our next project right now, the one that's in the making, is a project that parents will be able to use, a resource they'll be able to use with their children to help educate them. And we're, we're targeting age groups for that. The first one that's going to come out, though, is definitely going to be middle school because we get a lot of contact from middle school kids saying, help us, because the program right now, Reclaim Sexual Health, as it is, the, the recovery program online, would work for people in high school and on up from age high school on up, but it's it's really not geared at a level that would be workable for, for middle school students, and middle school students really shouldn't be looking at this stuff on their own anyway. They should have the guidance of a of a parent or a mentor of some kind to be going through right. it with them. So we're trying to we're trying to develop an age specific training program for younger and younger kids because younger and younger kids are experiencing difficulty with this. But how to have the conversation the most important part, remember, we've been talking all the way along how much shame is involved in all this. Yeah. Two things to avoid is condemnation and fear. If they're afraid to talk to you, if they are condemned for talking to you, or if their sex is dirty, they get all these kinds of this, all this kind of feedback from their parents, or how could you do this? Yeah. You know, this is what I found on your cell phone. Because we were talking about the fact that you have this frontal cortex that is supposed to be running your, your show and running your mind and, and helping your mind decipher what's good, make good choices and whatever. And it turns out in human development, even though babies have more brain cells than adults do, it, the reason they have more is because, because they have more because they're in the process of learning everything and they need to make all these new connections about the world. And so... Okay. There is literature out there, and it's a common knowledge among at least people in the psychological and medical communities and whatever, that the, the human brain is not fully wired in that frontal cortex area until they reach their middle 20s. So is it any wonder you step up to the rental car con contract table and it says no one under 26 years old can sign a contract for a rental car? Because, yeah. they, you know, there's, there's six times the accident rate for people under 26 than there is for people over 26. Okay. Because you don't have all the common sense, all the good judgment or whatever in place yet. Now, that's not carte blanche excuse. And that's where so many people take it. They say, well, you know, the kid's 19 years old. How can you expect them to make moral decisions or whatever? Yes, mm -hmm. we can. We're Catholics. But we bring them up with a surrogate aspect of mental judgment and mental capacity. We teach them what they wire into that frontal cortex so that the world doesn't teach it to them instead. And that right. the internet doesn't teach it to them instead. And so at any age, we can start having discussions with our children about these are some things, these are values that we believe in. These are things that are out there. Are there things that, they, or here's something I found on your phone. You've been looking at all these YouTube videos and some of them are really, they're just not appropriate for, for what we believe in as a family, what we do. But you, you talk to them why it's not appropriate. Not, well, you're going to go to hell and you got to go to confession. Because what we've learned is that as soon as you introduce fear into the situation, the frontal cortex, whatever is there, shuts off. Because our body is designed to respond immediately to fear with the, re with the reward system and with the, the reptilian part of our brain, the instinctual part of our brain. Because if you were out hunting, you, you're go say you're out quail hunting, and while you're out hunting for quail in the woods, you come across the bear. 
well, you're loaded with birdshot. You aren't going to kill the bear. And so what are you going to do? You're going to take every step you can to avoid the confrontation with the bear and get out of there. You're going to use your common sense, right? If you are afraid, you, your common sense will shut down. And all you're going to do is something stupid, and you're probably going to have the bear attack you or okay. chase you. And it's the same thing with, with what we teach our kids when they're under the age of 25 and 26. We teach them how to respond appropriately to a situation without introducing the fear. Um, military training is a great example. A military person, military personnel have to respond at the moment to what's happening. They can't stop and think about all the other things that are going on around them. You think guys in, you think the guys in Afghanistan and, and wherever sit around and play, make sandcastles? When mortar shells start dropping, no, yeah. they have a, they jump right into into mode protection mode. They guard their buddy. They got each other's back. They know exactly what to do because they've rehearsed it over and over and over from boot camp all the way through to deployment. That's on automatic pilot. They don't stop to think about anything. They'll give their life for their comrades without even blinking. That's what we need to do with our kids when it comes to morality, sexuality, our Catholic faith. We need to make that kind of warrior out of them. Absolutely. And that's, you're right, that's, that starts really at birth and it's done by, by words, but probably even more so by example and just living according to the truth, but doing it with love. And what I love about what you guys are doing is providing a ton of content for parents to have and to, to use, I don't really like the word because it's overused, but to dialogue about this otherwise yes. very, very difficult conversation. Yeah, I think a parent's natural reaction is, you know, look what I found on your phone and what are you doing and this is just wrong and you're bad and because it's, it makes you so scared that your kid's going to go down this path of ruin and that's a legitimate fear, but that reaction will, as you say, be counterproductive. So now we've got content, meaningful, deep, rich content both scientific and faithful, faith-based, to address this issue that is much more serious than uh, our culture generally seems to be taking it. It's encouraging the Time magazine is even addressing this to some extent. So, And what's most exciting about all that is your point that this is a fantastic opportunity for evangelization because we can show real-life, everyday redemption people, both in their, their earthly lives and their spiritual lives, through this recovery process. So it's fantastic. There's so much more to talk about, but we're pretty much out of time here. So folks, I would strongly encourage anybody who has any concerns about this or issues with this or you're dealing with this, look, we love you. God loves you. Don't worry about it. Check out this website, reclaimsexualhealth.com, and you'll find all these resources that Bruce has been talking about to help you, your spouse, your kids, whomever, to deal with this incredibly difficult issue. So, Bruce, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us, and, and God bless you and your wife, Jeannie, and all that you're doing around this issue, and thanks for sharing all that, that you know with us today. Well, you're very welcome, Brian, and I hope we get a chance to talk again. There also our email addresses are on that website if people have questions, even a live phone number that they can call, although it won't be manned 24 hours a day, it's not a hotline, but if somebody does want to address questions to myself or to my wife, we're willing to handle that as well. And I do want to point out one more thing real quickly is that I hope that everybody out there will understand that it's worth their time and it's necessary for them to get involved in this and to go to the website. You don't have to have a, tr a trouble with it. You don't have to have children have trouble with it. You just have to get this information and arm yourself because statistics say that people are all around you struggling with this and that you're susceptible to it. 
So arm yourself ahead of time if it's not your problem, but also arm yourself to have the backs of the people you love when they get involved. Absolutely. That's great advice. Again, Bruce Hahnemann, Reclaim Sexual Health. Thank you so very much, and God bless you, and we will talk to you again. Thank you, Brian, and God bless everyone listening. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Men of Christ Radio. We're out of time, but I want to one more time say thank you to Bruce Hahnemann, fantastic guest, and his website, ReclaimSexualHealth.com. ReclaimSexualHealth, all one word, dot com. An excellent resource for anyone who's experiencing problems with porn addiction or you know somebody who is, or to arm yourself, as Bruce said. Very, very very helpful. Speaking of arming ourselves, let's close out this program as we began it with a prayer. Our prayer to St. Michael, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A particularly relevant prayer in this uh, subject matter. So, to Bruce Hahnemann, to WSFI Radio, Catholic Radio 88.5, to Bill Snyder, our producer, thank you all very, very much, and thanks to all of you for listening. My name is Brian Farley. This is Men of Christ Radio, and we will be back next month. Stay tuned. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Men of Christ Radio on WSFI 88.5 FM, Catholic Radio. For more information on this or any other radio program, visit wsfiradio.org or email info at wsfiradio.org. To learn more about the Men of Christ, visit menofchrist.net. Hi, I'm Doug Berry from Life on the Rock. The importance of Catholic Radio cannot be underestimated. This is a medium that can reach into the hearts and the minds and the vehicles of individuals at any given time or day. This is one of those ways that we can reach hearts and souls that are hurting and that need to know the grace, the strength, the healing power of Christ. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Did you know you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio online? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. That's WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. Did you know that you can listen to WSFI local programming on demand? Full episodes of Pro-Life Today, WSFI Spotlight, Healing the Whole Person, Bursting Forth in Sound, along with our novenas, prayers, and devotions are available on your mobile device or online. For iPhone and iPad users, open the already installed podcast app and search for WSFI. Then click subscribe. Android users need to visit the Google Play Store, download the Stitcher app, create a free account, then search for WSFI. Add us to your favorites playlist by clicking the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. The full archive of local shows is also available at wsfiradio.org. Need help? 
call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455.